First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. So as we continue into today's topic of music, I would like for you to think about the quote, where words fail, music speaks. I'm sure all of us have heard this eloquent but cliched quote by the great composer Hans Christian Andersen. Truthfully though, such a succinct statement almost perfectly encapsulates the meaning of music therapy. For those who don't know, prior to 2021, I spent nearly five years studying and practicing music therapy in the Des Moines area. During this time, I served many populations where words were not the primary or most efficient mode of communication. Interaction often came in the form of guttural sounds, taps, smiles, points, looks, etc. And it was my job as the music therapist to use music with these individuals to help them with various goals, including, but not limited, to communication. When a client tapped a drum, I'd tap right back. And before you knew it, a musical conversation would ensue. When a hospice patient made a groan, I'd sing the pitch of that groan and rouse them to a state of awareness so that they could interact with visiting family. The list goes on and on when it comes to how music gently carried individuals to their goals of human interaction, motor skills, emotional processing, and more. Cliched as it is, I truly lived the phrase, where words fail, music speaks. At this moment, you might be asking yourself, great, but what is music therapy actually, practically speaking? What does it have to do with me, and how could it possibly have anything to really do with universalist Unitarianism? While I can't package the answers to these big questions in a statement as articulate as Hans Christian Andersen, my hope is that you'll glean even a morsel of truth from my long-winded and somewhat messy explanation. So, diving a little deeper into my music therapy life, the populations I served included adults with Alzheimer's, individuals in hospice, those with mental illness, and children who've experienced trauma. In practice, my job was to meet a client or a group of clients face-to-face, -face, assess their needs, create goals, and find ways to use musical engagement to help them achieve those goals. It sounds so streamlined and clinical when put into those words, but I assure you the sessions were anything but. There were tears, laughter, growth, failure, passion, frustration, and everything in between. Throw in a guitar, a djembe, and some singing, and you've got quite the chaotic spectacle of human engagement and expression. It was both satiating and draining to be in that space. I remember once meeting a young man at UIHC for a music therapy session. I was an intern at the time, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I walked cheerfully into his hospital room with my guitar and asked the young man if he wanted to meet for a bit. He scoffed at me. Yellowed with jaundice and a failing liver, he scoffed at me and told me I couldn't handle the black hole of his life. It wasn't worth his time. Till that point, he had refused to meet with counseling services, a chaplain, even the doctor. He was dying alone in a hospital bed, but still he refused to open up to anybody. The fact that I got into his room was a miracle. I wasn't gonna let that slide. <laughs> After several pain for, painful minutes of awkward silence, I finally found a point of discussion. 
I pointed at a poster above his hospital bed and said, I love nine inch nails. He laughed a belly laugh so full of life. I almost forgot he was dying. It broke the ice. From that moment on, we met every day for the last two weeks of his life, writing songs for his friends in the style of Nine Inch Nails. It wasn't perfect, and frankly, it wasn't even very good, but it wasn't about that. It was about giving him the chance to say his piece in a way that was meaningful for him. I offered him music, and he soared. He was able to say sorry to those he'd wronged, sing love songs to long-ago romances, and even say farewell to his beloved cat named Black Sheep. As an aside, the doctor actually broke the rule and allowed Black Sheep to come to the hospital. It was a, it was a big to-do, um, but he did get to say goodbye to his cat, which was sweet. So to answer that first question about what music therapy actually is in practice, it's meeting a person where they are, good, bad, or ugly, being present with them, and getting creative with music to help them along. In this case, to help a young man know that he didn't need to leave this world angry, angry and alone. After this young man's death, I remember experiencing a complex sort of grief. He was my patient for only two weeks, but he allowed me to live in his world for all of that time. I felt I had known him much longer, and to lose him so suddenly rocked my world. Rather than processing and debriefing the situation, I dissociated. There was the me who was present, professional, and empathetic with patients, and there was the me who was slowly shriveling up inside. This went on for years until one day I simply couldn't get out of bed. I cried for what felt like days. I felt lethargic to the plights of others and simply disappeared into myself. How could something I loved so much have cost me so much? I loved music therapy, what it could do for others. How could I be so indifferent to it now? Put simply, I was a person in a helping profession who needed serious help. After months of rest, self-reflection, and a lot of therapy, I now know that what I was actually going through was compassion fatigue, depression, lack of self-identity, and so much more. I was not operating as a healthy person looking to help others. I was looking for the growth of my clients to build my self-esteem, give me an identity, give me proof that I was one of the good guys. In retrospect, the help I was offering was not genuine. It was transactional. And when a client didn't succeed in the way I'd hoped, my ego fractured under the pressure. Not unlike music therapists or other helping professionals, Universalist Unitarians are also called to help others in the toughest of times. We help people fiercely because that is what the world needs, people who care enough to help other people. Think for a moment about the many ways you've helped someone. Maybe you've donated money, protested for social justice, created a community program, been the shoulder to lean on, been the literal roof over someone's head. This work is necessary and important, but so emotionally and mentally taxing. I can't speak for everyone, but I know I've had days where I cried profusely in my car just to dry my tears and show up for the people who needed me. As a recovering helping professional, as I like to say, I know what it feels like to want to give someone your all. It took a year of stepping away from music therapy to realize I was giving others everything. To answer questions two and three from earlier, this is what music therapy has to do with you and universalist Unitarianism. Or rather, that is what my story of music therapy and being a helping professional 
has to do with you and being a universalist Unitarian. Though it may seem like it, the goal of my story was not to share with you all the ways helping people drained me. The point is that I was drained and that's okay. I was giving that which I did not have. I don't know all of you, but perhaps there have been times when someone in this congregation has gone from nursing a hospital patient to nursing a loved one, spent the day teaching children and the evening mentoring youth in a community program, fighting for justice by day and also by night. This hard work needs to get done. Our world is always in need of helping hands, but it is okay to rest, to realize the signs of compassion fatigue, mental fatigue and emotional fatigue and step away to fill up your own cup, to fill it enough to share without expectation. Make filling your cup a ritual, indulge in it, and most importantly, ask for help when you, the helper, needs it most. Today we filled our cups with music. Tomorrow it may be a peaceful walk or a cuddle with the dog. Filling your cup doesn't happen in a day, but every drop of self-care and self-love adds up to something worth sharing with others. Take this as permission to care for yourself today. Do it for yourself and do it because the world needs healthy helpers. 